I fell in love with the girl at the rock show. Oh, it's ready to record another episode of Mike M's Weekly Reads. And uh, I just got back from the comic shop. It's Friday. Uh, It's almost 4 o'clock. I'm going to record a uh, Comics for Fun and Profit tonight. Uh, So I don't want to spend too much time recording. Um, But I thought I would uh, talk about some recent uh, purchases that that arrived and then get some questions going. But in order to do that, I need to go to my Twitter because I already filed my books away. Can you believe that? I'm, I'm on top of stuff. I actually merged them in and did all my stuff. And I have to go to the Twitter machine to see all the things that came in. So um, one of the things that I purchased was a full run of Bill Willingham's Ironwood. one of those naughty books from Eros Entertainment, but with Bill Willingham of Elemental's fame. Uh, also, what is the other book that he did? Oh, was it Fables? Yeah, Fables. And uh, what else has he done? Uh, he's done Shadow Pact. He's done so many things. Those are the things that come to mind. And uh, I am not one of those that's well-versed in Elemental's. I didn't really read a lot of elementals but uh, I picked up a few uh, haven't gotten to them yet uh, don't definitely don't have a full run but uh, yeah this ironwood looks artistically pretty neat uh, it's pretty naughty so uh, it's definitely x-rated there's a lot of nudity and stuff and I black and white uh, looks pretty good uh, I think it was a good pickup. Um, got them roughly for about ten bucks each, and my database has some of them clocking in around fifty, and uh, they're pretty good, pretty good shape. That was uh, it from Aaron Myers. Uh, bought that. I also got uh, the first appearance of Madam Forty Four. This is an all-star western. Uh, if I could, 117, and uh, it's also the first, uh, it's Johnny Thunder meets uh, Madam 44, and it's also the first uh, appearance of Super Chief, and I think Super Chief appeared again in, in 52, the weekly series, if I remember correctly, a different version of him, so, um, that was a really cool pickup. That was probably the most expensive pickup. Uh, I picked up... I, I've been trying to get a full run of T- TMNT. Uh, volume 1 through X. Uh, I have I have skipped the Archie to date. But uh, this was uh, from Dreamweave. Or Dreamwave. I got that song. Dreamweave... Uh, that's Dreamwave, written by Peter David of uh, Ninja Turtles. I got one through seven. I picked up the Droids uh, first series. Well, not the the Droids first series. Star is is uh, Droids and its Marvel comics, the Star Comics line. This is the Dark Horse uh, Star Wars Droids uh, Volume One. Featuring our favorite two droids, C-3PO and R2-D2. And it came with a special edition, so that's a full run. Uh, I picked up another Marvel Tales. Uh, Todd McFarlane did a lot of covers for Marvel Tales. This one is a spectacular cover with Dazzler on the cover. And Spider-Man swinging right behind her. I picked up uh, Strange Tales, number... Uh, da, da. 138 and this is the first appearance of Eternity 
So, uh, yeah, I've been trying to finish all my Strange Tales. Not all of them, just where the Marvel superhero stuff started. Tales to Astonish. Um, Tales of Suspense. All those types of titles I've been working on. So if I ever see them show up, I will pick them up. And uh, some of the pickups I had picked up here is uh, Tales of Suspense number 71, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 86, Amazing Spider-Man 97, and Journey into Mystery 106. So those are some good pickups. Uh, Kickstarted a, a thing called Four Girlfriends. I didn't realize when I got it it was a reprint of something. But that's cool because I would have never got it. This is type of erotica type comics. Um, let's see. I'll give you some more information on it in case anybody's interested. They could go for the originals. The uh, originals were published by Erotica in 2006. And I think one came out in... Uh, the latest one came out in 2010, but uh, it's written and illustrated by Altilio Gambenditi. The Kickstarter was from Embassy Publishing, and it was reprinting that set of comics. So I picked up that. Um, I also got in from Silverline Comics, uh, Cray. I think this is a reprint, and I have the original Cray series, so uh, I'm not totally sure on that one. That's all that I picked up from Aaron. Um, I got some books from the comic short store today. He got a, a collection of stuff, and uh, there wasn't a lot that I didn't already have. Most of it was like... Marvel 1980 or early 70s, and I already had it. But I picked up a uh, Spider-Man team-up featuring the Avengers uh, number four. This is from 1996. I picked up a Superman Family 167. I picked up an X-Men and Ghost Rider comic book, Brood Trouble and Big Easy. And this looks like it's a trade, but I'm not 100% sure of what it collects. Oh, it collects X-Men number 8 and Ghost Rider 26. So it's like a little crossover collection. That ran for six ninety five cover price for two comics. I got a Superboy uh, hundred page giant number. Uh, this is not a Superboy proper. I think it's a DC presents Superboy DC twenty one and Superman family. Uh, number 167, which is one I'm missing. This one's in really nice shape. Probably almost a fine. It would be like a really nice book if he didn't have all these cracks on the bottom. And that's where the spine sort of breaks, right at the bottom left corner. But other than that, it's a beautiful copy. But uh, those are some of the recent pickups. If we go to my bookmarks... And Shudder just showed up and it said I should go watch the Reef Stocked because it knows that I like shark stuff. So I will go to bookmarks and go to some of the questions I might have. Some of these sound familiar.
Yeah, that one's... I could have sworn I answered. Uh, that one, too. I'll, uh... Who is someone you'd like to hear a voice character of an, an animated series that hasn't been done before? I don't know, because I don't watch a lot of cartoons, but uh, who would I like to hear an animated voice of? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Throw the entire cast of Friday Night Lights in, a, in an animated superhero comic and I'd be pretty fine because I love that cast I'd be pretty happy with that uh what would be another set I would love to see the cast of Sanford and Son if they were still alive Grady and Red Fox Sanford and his son Lamont that would be awesome Put them in a in an animated uh, comic book series, and then uh, Three's Company. Throw them in one. Uh, Jack Tripper and all of those characters, Chrissy and Janet and Mr. Furley and the Ropers. Hell yeah! Throw them into an animated series. That would be cool. Uh, another question is, what is your ideal fleet? I could have sworn I answered that, but that, that would be, uh, uh, Lily Munster, what, Yvonne DiCarlo is my ideal fleet. She's the one that I, I go to all the time. That's from Rob Krieger. Uh, do you have a particular run you'd like to complete by the end of the year? Uh, Surfer's Close. I only have one more issue, number 14. I, I'd like to complete that by the end of the year. Spawn seems out of reach after I'm still lacking about 20 issues, and I don't think I will gain momentum on, on Spawn. Uh, Marvel Team-Up is much closer. I'm uh, about six issues away. Uh, that's a possibility of uh, closing in on Marvel Team-Up. Um, I forgot what my goals were originally. It was Spawn, Marvel Team-Up, and something else. Um, I'd like to do Submariner, but I'm still about, I don't know, 10 issues away from Submariner being complete, the first volume. But I think the one that I, I probably will complete by the end of the year is Silver Surfer, and the next one will be Marvel Team-Up, and if I'm lucky, I'll get to the Spawns. But I, I keep getting distracted with other stuff. You can see I picked up some Superman Family and Superboy. and um, So I'm not very focused, Rob. You know that. Not very undisciplined like yourself. Focuses on The Flash or Captain America. Or I just don't have any discipline. Aaron Bell says, What is a comic storyline that hasn't been worked into a TV show or movie that you think would be fun to watch? Um, I would love to see uh, Denny O'Neill's uh, question to be worked into a TV series. I think that would work. I would love to see like Hub City and all the crime in, in Hub City. I think that would be a really cool uh, live TV show. Um, I think another one would be like... Uh, like a shadow pact. I think that would be really cool. Uh, Freedom Fighters TV show would be awesome. Like if they, I know it wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't gravitate to it, but for something to like be like a World War II in a world where the Nazis won and the Freedom Fighters were fighting, I would love to see that. Uh, that kind of saw an animated series that sort of played with that. But uh, a live-action TV show would, would be pretty damn sweet. 
uh, OMAC, the the first eight issues of OMAC. Oh God, that would be so. That would be that would be like my top of the list to see some Buddy Blank adventures and exactly how it's written and animated that way. Oh my God, if if they did, I don't think they could do it justice in live action. But uh, it would be interesting to see. Aaron Bell also asks, which secondary hero do you think I lost it? Because the stupid thing refreshes every now and then. What secondary hero do you think would make the best screen character that hasn't been used yet? Secondary hero... Uh, a Ted Cord series would be kind of cool because he's a rich dude. Um, and then he's like Blue Beetle. A Captain Adam one would be awesome because that one is like a, a soldier out of time kind of thing, like Captain America. But he's immensely powerful. He's like a, a human bomb. Um... A Madame Xanadu series, I think that would be cool. A Phantom Stranger would be badass. And if they used the religious undertones of him being like Judas, oh man, I would love that. Of course, somebody in the church would probably protest it, but uh, I, I would love it. Aaron says, I know you mood read. Have you ever really wanted to read something and part the way through you just weren't feeling it? And if so, did you power through or move on to something else? No, that's never happened to me because I'm in the mood for it. Um, I do get distracted where I lose the mood if I'm reading a large trade or an epic collection. Like right now, I, I, I'm like halfway through the Wolverine epic collection and uh, I kind of got out of the mood of it. So I stepped away from it for a while. So... I never have that happen with a uh, comic book because it's usually short. It's no more than 100 pages, and I, I don't usually have that happen. Um, it's usually with these big omnibuses or collections of comic books that that kind of thing does happen to me. But that's a good question. I want to try to get through two more. This time I want to clean out the questions so I don't forget to ask for new ones. I'm chewing some vitamin C. When I'm in your neck of the woods, what are the admission prices? For the room, comic book reading room. Aaron, you could come for free. And you could read everything. But I would put you to work for at least one hour to help me do something. Probably in the storage unit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you would be able to be admitted for free. Aaron Bell also asks, what's your favorite convention to attend? That's easy. Heroes Con. Followed by Baltimore Con. Followed by Denver Con. Although I haven't been to Denver's in quite some time. Followed by Albuquerque Comic Con. And then followed by San Diego Comic Con. San Diego's just too exhausting and overwhelming. But if I like have the a convention where I have like things I like to see, San Diego's up there like where I like to hang out by, you know, go to the naval ports and uh, go see all kinds of different stuff. I don't know if they, where they play. Well, there's no more San Diego Padres, is there? Well, I know they moved, they moved them somewhere. But I think that's all of Aaron's questions. Uh, no, I haven't finished this. And while at the convention, what is your plan of attack? Uh, 
mostly meeting up with friends and what we're going to eat for dinner is my first plan of attack. Um, we usually are like a party of eight. So we, we plan these things. And uh, most of the, the convention activities are what we do after the convention or that night or sometimes during lunch. And we probably only spend about six hours at the convention on Friday and Saturday. So we're not even there a full day. And then on Sunday, probably similar, if not less. But I can tell you what it used to be. It was it used to be sign up for some art on Friday in hopes to get the art um, completed by Sunday. I mean, some artists are really good and they get it to you the same day, but that's kind of a, a rare thing these days. And uh, they costed me out of the art entirely because even the cheapest guy, like somebody that's never drawn before is like 60 bucks. And then anybody that has drawn is at least 120 to $300. And... Um, the head sketches to me suck. They were like buying busts. I, I never wanted the Bowen busts when they were just the shoulder, like the shoulder, and then the bottom part was like a V, and it didn't even get the, you know, like from the waist up. I couldn't stand those statues. I I started buying Bowen busts when it was from the waist up, and um, I wouldn't want to ever get like just a head sketch. I I, I usually want a full body or or at least a half body. So, yeah, they're expensive. And then if you want gray tones and all this stuff and ink, it's even worse. And, uh, yeah, that w was my old priority. It's not even on the priority. Um, the next is to look for some key books that I don't think I could get on eBay. Uh, mostly Golden Age. I, I, I look a lot for quality comics which has Uncle Sam, Dollman, uh, The Ray, um, Black Condor, uh, Phantom Lady, uh, Plastic Man, um, Human Bomb, and any of those kind of characters. And then the other one is the Marvel Family. Any comics that I can obtain from the Marvel Family, that's one of the things at the convention I look for and they're usually quite expensive but I shoot for one or two at a convention uh right to searching for new books no I don't usually search for I like to go through dollar bins and look for old books I like I like bins that are like there, there used to be um what are they called something treasures they don't I don't think they exist anymore but I used to like their paradigm where they have a $5 box of Silver Age, a $10 box of Silver Age, and they were just VG beat-up copies and stuff, and I would like to really look, because you could get a lot of keys in them. And I really like to do that. Um, a lot of the thing is food and what to do on the... Go on a speedboat. Oh, that's in Baltimore. Uh go to the dish or merds or all that kind of stuff merts I'm trying to see what the rest of that question is get get the feel of the floor first artist alley panels I do like to scope the panels, especially on Saturday, because Saturday is usually busy, at least before COVID it was. And we'd scope out like one or two panels on like Jack Kirby or, you know, like I love to see like the image creators, like those guys, like if there's a Liefeld or, or Tom Scholey or any kind of stuff that I never seen Todd McFarlane, but I would love to. 
I used to like to go to the DC panels. I'm not sure I would like that anymore. They seem pretty lame. Uh, say what you will about Dan DiDio, but man, he knew how to run a room and try to garner excitement. Um, Artist Alley, I like to, to do and find comics from indie creators that aren't in previews. Um, I do like to, to do a, a couple of rounds on Friday if I can. You know, checking to see the floor. Uh, Dallow asks an interesting question. Let's imagine you have Rob Liefeld as a guest on your podcast. This is my favorite question because I am a big Rob Liefeld fan. What three questions would you ask him and why? I I would I would uh I would like to poke at him like why he didn't like keep things going and what happened to awesome and why do I have all these uncompleted young blood stories and you know, same with a lot of the other comics. I, I just felt like he let me, sh you know, not get to finish a lot of the comics. So I, I would, I would ask a question, you know, especially with like arcade comics. Like, tell me the details. You know, um, how did you get Mark Millar, Robert Kirkman, and all these great creators to do your comics, and then put them out with one or two issues, and then just bag it? Like, what happened? Did they? Did they suck? Did, I mean, I know they didn't suck because I bought some at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, one of the years I was out there, um, they were really good. And uh, I never saw any follow-on issues. So I, I don't know. I, I would like to see, is this the time that you got investors and they pulled their money out? Or, you know, what happened? Like, please, you know, describe the arcade era a little bit more and then i want to i would ask him a question like let's break down how you lost your your young blood characters and some of your other characters like how did that happen like the details of it and uh what what do you actually still have like i i, I kind of figured out some of them because he's talked about it but I'd like to know in details, like, what exactly do you have and what exactly do you not have? And would you ever buy it back? Especially because nothing's trying to be done with it. Um, it seems like the guy that owns the Elementals and Youngblood is just leaving them there. And I, I know he tried to form a company and then he got like blackballed and was was accused of not paying his artists and whatever happened with that company it just went to the toilet so i i don't know what's happening i would love to know that um i i would third question is uh i would like to know if he's got like mood problems or um, loses interest in things quickly because like he only gives us like six issues of Snake Eyes, one issue of Archie, um, six issues of Deadpool, like one issue of X Force. Um, we don't get long runs anymore. There were about six of each of the New Fifty Two, you know. Why is that? Do you want to like create more? Is, is is that what you're trying to do is create more material and you kind of like uh, create comics like I read them, like I have this, uh, uh, you know, mood swing and, and you want to do something else? You know, I, I would like to, to know stuff like that. So those would be like the three questions that I'd like like him to answer. And I think that's all I will do today. I don't think I have much questions left. Um...
might have one or two. But uh, I think that's gonna all I'm gonna do today, and then I'm going to uh, t discuss briefly one of the weekly reads. But uh, we will stop there, and I'll be back with Mike M's weekly reads in just about a second. All right, I'm back, and uh, uh, these should be really quick because there wasn't a lot of comics to talk about because I didn't read a lot. But let's start with the TV because I did watch a lot of that TV. This is for uh, July 11th through July 17th. Um, I watched the four out of fives were The Ledge. Um, the Ledge was on Hulu and it was pretty interesting. It's a uh, about two um, girls that are rock climbers, and one of the girls recently lost her um, boyfriend who was proposing to her on a rock and slipped and fell to his death. And she's kind of just going to try to rock climb it out and with her friend and try to get past the death of her, her lover. And they go to these cabins that are close to the rocks that they're going to climb. And that's where they're going to stay. And meanwhile, four guys uh, decide they're going to go party and climb the cliffs a different way, but not necessarily rock climb them to take them, you know, the trails and stuff to the top. Where there's some moderate rock climbing, but not a lot. And one of the guys is very aggressive and mean and they 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 go to meet them for like a campfire to drink some alcohol uh, cook some stuff and one of the guys is making out with one of the girls and uh, the other girl goes back to the cabin and uh, she's there uh, he tries to as she goes to pee uh, he follows her and then tries to rape her and uh, that doesn't turn out well because she freaks out and gets chased in the dark uh, by these guys, by him, and then the other guys get involved in it, and it leads her to the course of a, like a little ledge, and the boy that was gonna rape her pushes her over, and she hurts herself really bad, and then they end up killing her, but the friend sees that and films it. And then it's the four guys against her. And, you know, two of the guys are, they don't even like the guy that killed the girl, but they feel obligated because he protected them in the past when they were kids and stuff. So it, it turns out to be a thriller on the ledge of a mountain with these four dudes and this one girl getting chased because she witnessed a murder of her best friend. And then there was the Interceptor. This was this was a lot of fun. This was uh, it's like an oil rig in the middle of nowhere. I, I'm really curious to see if this thing exists. Um, but these Interceptor rockets that like if somebody launches a nuclear attack, the the Interceptors are on this pad in the middle of the ocean that will intercept the nuclear weapons and blow them out of the sky before they can hit the United States. <clears throat> well, there's a, uh, the Russians and some Americans that are working to destroy the U.S. are invading the intercept. They, they destroy one of the interceptors in one location and they're heading to another one and it's between them and a captain a female captain to stop them from getting them and use the interceptors to stop what could be the end of the United States. But uh, that was really cool. That was on Netflix. The next one was on Hulu. It was fresh. It starts Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier guy. And this is a, about a girl that hasn't had a lot of luck dating with a bunch of guys. And then she meets a uh, Sebastian Stan character and she falls for him and things turn a little spooky. That's all I'll say because I don't want to give that one away. 
the five out of five was the boys. We started watching the boys season one, and I just think it's amazing. I'm really into it. I think we're on like episode six now, but uh, really enjoying that. The comics only read 16. I've been reading the bare minimum every weekend. Hopefully this next weekend is going to... I'm going on a short vacation, if you will, and uh, I'll hopefully get a lot of reading done. Um, maybe a lot of Marvel older stuff because I'll, I'll probably take my iPad and download stuff rather than take a bunch of stuff with me. But I might take that like Wolverine Epic Collection and maybe another one just to see if I can finish them. Um, 16 comics, one Scout, uh, one Red 5, two Marvel, five Image, three Kickstarters, one Dynamite, one Boom, two Antarctic. Let's start at the bottom with three out of five was Image number two. Uh, I really like the Jeff John story and the Kyle Higgins story, which is tied tied into the Radiant Red stuff a lot um, and Radiant Black. Uh, the other stories, uh, they're hit or miss for me, uh, mostly because I can't remember them from issue to issue. So I, I don't remember what happened. And it's only like the standout ones in this anthology that I remember. But I gave it a 3 out of 5. Uh, those two individual stories, though... Um, there's just not enough of them, but they're like four out of fives. But there's just not enough wow to get me to remember. I, I do really like the Jeff Johns one, though, and wish it was a series instead of in this anthology. So I could just read it in, you know, 22-page chunks instead of eight pages. But uh, I, I will uh, stay the course and read this. 78 miles per hour, number one. Uh, this is a this is a four out of five. This is from Red Five. Humanity tries to save uh, the ozone by launching a rocket and putting a protective layer around the Earth. Instead, that layer turns that layer turns into a magnifying glass and starts to burn up everything. Now the humans must drive in solar-powered cars, driving 78 miles per hour, avoiding the direct sunlight. As, as they cross, and, and you always, well, how could they keep doing that if you run into the ocean or run into stuff? Um, haven't really addressed that yet in issue one. We have Dead End Moon. This is uh, from Bad Bug. This is a Kickstarter. It's from Bad Bug. Uh, it's a female takes down evil villains in the West and can see all of her dead victims with a special eye. It's a Western uh, with Supernatural in it. We have Vanya number one and two. This is really kind of nasty, but it, it's a really good plot. Uh, it, it's it's X-rated, uh, I would say, adult. Um, in the future, a team sends one of their own to train in the past with dinosaurs for one year. So that's how they train their, their soldiers is they put them in a situation they're not uh, used to. And they, they train for one year isolated. In the future, the aliens destroy humanity, and those that were sent on the training uh, to get Vanya uh, must be recovered. Uh, there's lots lots of sex in this book, and the story is highly entertaining. It's well-written and well-drawn. Um, we got X-Men number 8 and 9. This is the latest volume. No, this is the volume before the latest volume. Um, the Hick Jonathan Hickman stuff the the new volume he's left but the x-men recover a brood egg and that causes the brood to go after them they take them into space where they run into the star jammers the kree manipulated the egg and also want it the little brood with glasses ends up eating the egg it's a very interesting story i, I really enjoy it what's what's happening here i might get caught up with that on this little uh, little trip that we're doing um, at least the the volume that is the Hickman run. We have Scorch number seven. Uh, the team takes down uh, the Sin Devourers. Uh, the Plague Spawn emerges from Natasha's sick body. We have King Spawn eleven. Spawn goes after the members of the Court of Priests and takes down many of them. 
Terry blows up the throne, which may have repercussions on Al's plans. Gunslinger Spawn, we learn how his family died. Um, Jessica trains him by showing him her tits. <laughs> it throws Gunslinger Spawn off. shows how easily he is manipulated by a female. But uh, that was entertaining. Uh, Horror Comics number 9, Jabberwocky Alice in Wonderland story in black and white. That's to be continued, but it didn't continue in the next issue. Uh, Bill really loved this. He gave this a 5 out of 5. I gave it a 4 out of 5. It's really well drawn. It looks incredible. It's in black and white. Uh, really good from Antarctic Press. We then got from Dynamite Comics Red Sonia, the current volume number 1 from 2021. It's Red Sonia res rescues uh, Red Sitha as a little girl. And Sitha seems to have powers. And if, you, if you've been covering, uh, if you've been paying attention to Dynamite, they have a title called Red Sitha when that little girl is fully grown into a, a warrior herself. Although in Red Sitha, at least the two issues that I've read, it didn't appear that she had powers. So I, I'm interested to see why she hasn't really used them yet. Or maybe I wasn't just paying attention. <laughs> we have spawn number 330 the forsaken goes after cordelia and she is a violator demon type character spawn takes down the forsaken we have grim number one from boom studios the world has many grim rippers this one escorts a drunk driver that was in love with his ex um and then he gets sent to the next life um and he steals the the girl, the Grim Ripper that takes him there, he steals her scythe, and now humans can see that particular Grim Reaper. That one's by Stephanie Phillips. I forget who the artist is. It's really good. Uh, we Don't Kill Spiders, number one. Uh, Viking mystery with witchcraft, but it is cool because it's like a detective story and it's done in the Viking times. The 5 out of 5, the only 5 out of 5, was Horror Comics, number 10, Western Dracula. It's absolutely incredible, and the art is phenomenal. It's black and white. It's translated from Italian into English, and it's a really good comic. It took about half hour to read. It was a really thick comic, probably like 48 pages, and there was a lot of content. But it turns out that this Dracula character, and I didn't even write any notes for this, but I remember it. This That's a 5 out of 5, uh, so I can walk around and talk about it. Um, Dracula is in the West, in the mid, you know, the Western times. And this Dracula finds himself in, you know, like the desert type area between towns. And the sun comes up and he's smoking and he looks like he's going to die. And a little Native American boy saves him, takes him to the, the shaman, uh, which is his grandmother. And uh, they nurse him back to health. Uh, she realizes what he is because she's a shaman and how evil he is. But she gives him a concoction that will let him uh, <clears throat> walk around in daylight. And Dracula is really appreciative, but he wants this as a permanent solution. So he befriends the shaman and then decides he's going to rescue the uh, daughter, or I think it's the granddaughter of the shaman who has been captured and is part of like a sex thing in this town. So he goes into town, he finds out who these bullies are and tracks them down and, and essentially kills them and frees that girl. And now the shaman is, you know, wow, you rescued my girl. And it looks like Dracula is a hero of some sort. And he goes back into town and you see what happens in the next issue, which I've already read, but that's for another week. But it's absolutely incredible, like Western Dracula. And the art, you just, you won't believe it. Um, it is very realistic, um, photorealistic, and the fact that... Uh, some of the facial features look like people, but it, it's it's amazing. It does it looks dynamic. I, the art is dynamic, even though there there might be some photo references used. It, it's really awesome. I highly recommend it. Five out of five. Let's get to the next week. Another small week. 
pathetic week. Uh, this is from July 18th to July 25th. Uh, I watched a four out of five movie, uh, borderline three out of five, four out of five. I was on Hulu again, another horror movie called Room 213. This is about uh, two girls moving into the city. One's going to college. One wants to be an actress uh, against the one girl's parents' wishes. Uh, one of the girls doesn't have any parents because her mother had committed suicide. And one friend is trying to help the other survive her trauma and move on with her life and also go to school. They get this, get in this old house, which we already know, or apartment building, which we already know is fucked up because it has the opening scene where a woman kills her, you know, stabs her boyfriend and then kills herself in there. And there's a weird Celtic, like, painted glass like if you've ever been to church and seen the painted glass but it's like more celtic looking in one of the living rooms and then there's a hole in the wall it looks like a glory hole except it's like eye height like if you were five feet uh two you might be able to see this inside this hole but uh it's in one room and they can't repair it they can't even hang materials over it well it turns out that this uh son is kind of like the the son of a, a man that killed his wife and family is the caretaker of the building and sort of knows he plants these girls there for sacrifice. And there's a lot of mystery and intrigue and stuff, and it's pretty good. I, I was entertained. <clears throat> then we had 17 comics. We had two Marvel, three Kickstarter. Uh, I've been reading a lot of Kickstarter because I'm trying to read them as they come out. Um, 10 DC, one Avatar, and one Acclaim. Uh, we have only four out of five, so everything I really enjoyed. We have X-Force number 37. Uh, some Cannonball and Boom Boom uh, dealing with Gideon and some of the Immortals. The Legacy Virus is attacking them, and they think Cannonball can save them because he's also an Immortal. Uh, it was an entertaining uh, series, and there's another character with spikes on it that's sort of dying of the legacy virus, but he's an immortal, so the legacy of virus is attacking them. Uh, it was a really cool story. Uh, enjoyed it. We have That was from Marvel, and then we have Thin Blue Line, number one. This is... Uh, I'm not going to get the creator uh, right... I was interested in this story, even though I know it's uh, <clears throat> on the other side of, uh, that's interesting. The cover's by Butch Geis, uh, the story's by Mike Barron of Nexus and Punisher fame, and the artist is Joseph Arnold, who is a retired police officer. He's got really good uh, pencils, by the way. And this is um, a series... Uh, in controversial in some cases because the police aren't looked very highly about right now but uh in this in this light there's two cops uh, one of them has done some bad stuff in the past but is looking for redemption one's a female cop and she's totally good but it's from a cop perspective and try to uh, protect people during uh, riots. You know, they start off as peaceful demonstrations and turn into full-blown riots and uh, ultimate chaos. This is a city that uh, is run by a mayor that seems democratic and anti-police, and they're trying to protect him from the people that are trying, the mobs that are trying to kill him. Even though he's preaching to this, they want the same thing. Uh, it, it seems like he's sort of corrupt, uh, though. So I, I don't know if what he's doing is just or not. But uh, it's sort of like through the eyes of the cop, the female cop. And she just wants to come home to her da daughter and survive the day. And um, I, I, if I remember correctly... At the end of the story, uh, she says, fuck this, and I, I'm just going to stop being a cop, and I'm going to move out of this city and go somewhere else so I can protect my daughter. But uh, it, it was an interesting take, and 
<clears throat> I always like to see two sides of everything. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm uh, definitely on the, the Democratic side, but I always like to see, you know, like put my learn about the how Republicans think um, and see the other side. So um, I always try to look at two sides. Plus, I don't want to take the views of any like creator that thinks politically different than I do, as I consider myself a comics historian, and I will read anything on the left, anything on the right, and anything in between. Uh, I'm not going to let that distract me, uh, because I need to understand the history of comics and who's doing them. So I'm not going to get on that political line and say no I won't read this or no I won't read that I, I will read anything that comes in front of me and uh, it's because I'm an historian and I need to know I need to be well versed in everything not just one side uh, this was a, an interesting kickstarter I, I don't know why I didn't have it recorded Yeah, it's weird. It's like I, I know I've been trying to enter these things in, and it was there even with a, a, a figure. So um, I just hadn't taken credit for it. So there we go. The next comic book is Task Force Z, number one through three. The, the idea behind this is... Jason Todd is leading a bunch of characters that have sort of are, are dead, you know, like Bane, um, he, Mr. Bloom. Um, trying to think of all the ones. I just look at the cover and then I'll tell you who they all are. Task Force Z. Uh... One of them is like, I don't know who it is, but I, I feel like I'm supposed to. It's like a uh, a banshee-type red-haired witch, and I, I don't know who that is. One of them's Arkham Knight, um, which is an, was an interesting character I read about uh, during the Arkham breakout. Uh, Man Bat, Bane, and Mr. Bloom. And... Uh, Poor Jason has to lead. It's almost like you have a bunch of hulks. Like you can't control these zombies. But they have some type of personality left. Because they're fed like these Lazarus pills. And that'll... the If they take enough of them. They can become alive again. At least that's what it appears. But they just give them in small quantities. And Jason's going on all these strange missions. Uh, the guy that's leading it is mysterious you know you're thinking like is this like secret six where you don't know who mockingbird is or it's, it's sort of like that but at, by the end of issue three you find out who that was a, a big surprise uh i didn't expect that at all i i don't even understand it because he's he doesn't seem like that type of character to be politically leading a team like this Maybe his other self, more likely, and uh, you kind of guess that this person might have different personalities, and maybe that's why. Um, and Amanda Waller is sort of involved as well. Um, so it, it is a, a pretty interesting story, and I, I look forward to fleshing that series out a little bit more. It should be ending soon. Uh, we have Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, number 222 and 224. Uh, it's a short time strap, trapper story. They end up fighting Brainiac 5's father and have to join him to fight Mordru and the fate of the universe. That was 223 and 224. Um, and 222 uh, was more of a, a Tyrock story where... There's somebody that is trying to frame the Legion of Superheroes and they have to throw Tyrock under the bus as 
the science police are after him. Like he might be co committing these acts of terrorism. And uh, you, as a reader, believe that he might be guilty. But you learn as the course of the story goes on that he's not guilty. And there is a character that was trying to frame uh, Tyrock. So um, that's how that story went. Really cool. Um, we have Rise of Ultraman number four. Uh, this is the first volume of the Ultraman at the Marvel Universe. Uh, Shin finds out the K-rays don't kill the Kaiju. It transports them into a limbo called the Vault. The Vault is about to break, and he must go in to rescue Kiki. <clears throat> we have Flesh-Eating Cheerleaders number three. One cheerleader turns herself in for murder. Another has lesbian sex and is pregnant with these slugs creatures that take over their body. And the teacher is being stalked by another cheerleader. So most of these cheerleaders are affected. One of the cheerleaders almost, you know, turns herself in. The other ones are kind of going loose and uh, getting ready to kill a lot more people and have a lot more baby slugs. Uh, we have Avatars number one. This is from Avatar. Uh, this was really good. There's only two issues to this series. Uh, this is... A story about Greek gods and uh, and also includes a lot of the Avatar properties like Threshold, Pandora, uh, several of the others um, that were appearing in comic books by Avatar at the time. But what it focuses is God, I mean, Zeus defeated his father and now the other gods have to defeat Zeus because Zeus is sort of losing the mob. Uh, his marbles and they're sort of with Dionysus the god of wine uh, Atlas Perseus uh, they definitely have Pandora and Threshold all working together to try to take down Zeus and Zeus is aware that they're sort of doing it so he's getting ready to to stop this and uh, it is really cool if you if you like Greek mythology and you like a, a short adventure story I think you'll like this. Batman, Superman, World's Finest. This is really cool. Which started out... <clears throat> I guess the time period is around the time Batman had the yellow in his emblem. You know, like the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, they're, they're, they're sort of friends. Poison Ivy goes to Metropolis and attacks Metropolis. Batman goes there with Robin uh, to help stop him. And then the Kryptonite Man infects not kryptonite man um god i can't remember his name he's the one that has the kryptonite heart but anyway he um infects superman with red kryptonite he injects him with it and that gets him sick which leads him to cause a lot of destruction and batman has to recruit niles calder and the Doom Patrol to help Superman, and and they do help Superman, but it's like crossing, like it's like reading a cool like tour of the DC universe as it it involves a lot of characters as the story progresses, and there's a a big bad um, Lord something or another that they're trying to defeat, and they're they're that demon has infected other members of the Justice League like Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and The Flash and Batman and Superman and Robin are, you know, trying to go through it all and stop it. It's really well written. A lot of fun. That was a 5 out of 5. That's Mark Wade and, uh... Uh, God, I can't remember his name. He's really popular and this once in future... I'll look up once in future and I'll be able to tell you what his name is. Dan Mora. Thank goodness. And uh, the last five out of five, this is an acclaimed comic, but it should have been a Valiant comic. This is roughly around the time where the Turok was coming out in magazines, the dead side had a comic book of two issues 
towards the demise of uh, acclaim but uh for some weird reason they were well not for some real they had reinvented acclaim had reinvented like exo man of war uh ninjack it was more video game driven and several of the other properties turok and they were getting ready to reinvent uh, Rai. And uh, for some odd reason, they decided, no, we don't want to change the Rai story. And we might have a future. Maybe it was Unity 3000 or whatever, 2000. They didn't want to do something because Rai was going to play a part in it. So these guys created a, uh, a Rai-like character. Uh, it's a fascinating read, and this was supposed to be a re- reimagined Rai series. Even the writer in the back of it says, but uh, Valiant, in their infinite wisdom, decided not to do it. And this was like four issues, but uh, I read the first one, and it was really, really good. I, th- I think they should have uh, just let rolled with the punches and done it. But uh, that's it. Uh, I'm going to stop there. Um, the five out of fives were Batman, Superman, World's Finest 1 through 4, Neo number 1 from Acclaim Comics, and Horror Comics number 10, uh, Western Dracula. So I want to thank you for listening. Uh, please send me questions at any time at Mike Myers Brunch, or if you want to send me mail at mike at comicbooknoise.com. I would greatly appreciate it. Please, if you see uh, podcasts being tweeted, uh, retweet them, spread the word, if you can do that. Um, you can reach me at Mike Myers Brunch and at that email. The, the show is located at geekbrunchpodcast.com. And uh, you can leave an iTunes review. We haven't got one in a long, long, long time. So go ahead and leave one. And we will talk to you again soon. And you guys take it easy. I hope the week is good to you. Uh, Take care. Bye. Read more comics.